What did you eat for breakfast? I haven't had breakfast yet. (laughs) Welcome to episode 62 of the Music on Your Own Terms podcast, sponsored by the Skinny Armadillo Print Company in Fort Worth, Texas, offering screen printing, embroidery, and a host of other promotional products. Go to theskinnyarmadillo.com to learn more. In this inspiring episode, I talk to Amy Chatterley, bassist, backing vocalist, and manager of the Birmingham, England-based band Darkesis. Amy talks us through the inner workings of a completely self-sufficient touring band, finding the time to manage several other acts, organize an entire festival, as well as run a web development company and recording studio. We also talk about the importance of remaining true to your values and promoting equality, whether that be shrouded in metaphor in music or in the real world being a positive influence on your followers. I may not have had a lot to say in the last episode, but today I am more focused than ever to urge you to keep the pressure on for justice in this country and around the world if you are listening somewhere other than the US. We have been seeing positive steps, but it's not enough. Let's talk about Breonna Taylor, a 28-year-old EMT from Louisville, Kentucky, someone who worked to save people's lives, whose home was entered under a no-knock warrant and shot eight times while she slept. How are the police that carried out this act not on trial for murder? Let's talk about Elijah McLean, a 24-year-old massage therapist from Aurora, Colorado, that was murdered by police on his way home from the store. Let's talk about the fact that there have been no less than six black people found hanging in parks across the U.S., to which authorities suggest are suicides. Why is it that people of color have been speaking out on social media platforms, stating if they are found hanging in a park, it was most definitely not suicide? How fucked up is it that we are seeing this in 2020? Now, I don't expect to be able to reason with or have intelligent debate with blatant white supremacists, nor do I have the fortitude to do so. But I feel the vast majority of people have become complacent and are willing to let things slide for a quiet life. Even the momentum behind the Black Lives Matter movement is slowing on social media and sliding back into life as usual. We cannot let that happen. I implore you to think long and hard about the choices you make to combat systematic racism. Who you vote for, the companies you buy from, the conversations you have with your family and friends, and most importantly, the change you make from within. I don't know about you, but I refuse to end up on my deathbed and regret not choosing to speak up and do my small part to make this world better. For whatever reason, I've been playing a couple of scenes from the film A Few Good Men in my head. The first is the scene where, prior to being called to the stand, Jack Nicholson's second-in-command commits suicide rather than face the consequences of the bad decisions he made. I, for one, would rather live with a clear conscience and do what's right from the get-go. The second scene is at the end of the movie when the judge passes the two Marine sentences and they try to figure out what they did wrong. One says to the other, we did nothing wrong. The other says, yes, we did. We were supposed to fight for those who couldn't fight for themselves. So for starters, go learn the names of the victims of police brutality and demand justice. Encourage your friends to follow suit and make sure those involved are held responsible. Call and email the representatives that are in charge of those jurisdictions, and then share the victim's stories on social media and how others can contact authorities. As I've said before, go educate yourself on the systematic racism that infects this country, 
Netflix has a whole section dedicated to black history and other documentaries. If you're listening from another country, please make it a point to discover the injustices of your locality and find out how you can contribute to ending them or help improve your community. Here in the States, and Texas specifically, July 14th is when we have voting for the Texas primary runoffs. And I believe you can actually begin early voting on June 29th. So please go vote. If you're not in Texas and your state or local government has elections coming up, please find out when and where they are held and make sure you are registered to vote. Above all, let's encourage each other not only to succeed in our own endeavors, lift each other up, but also work towards a greater global community. Thank you for listening. All right, welcome to another episode of the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. Today, I'm joined by Amy Chatterley, who is a bass player, manager, whole host of other stuff. How are you doing today? Not too bad, thank you. Thanks for having me on your show. Oh, you're very welcome. So you're based in uh, Birmingham? Um, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, my, my aunt's from Dudley. Oh, so nice. <laughs> quite for, quite familiar. Um, yeah, so for everyone out there, um, if you could just run down you know, what you do on a day-to-day basis, the bands you're involved in and, and everything else, if you wouldn't mind. Yep, so on a day-to-day basis, uh, usually I run a recording and rehearsal studio. Um, as part of that, we do artist consultations, uh, recording, PR campaigns, and we support musicians um, throughout every bit of their journey for releasing music to going on tour, everything like that. Um, mm-hmm. On top of that, we have the band. So um, again, writing, rehearsing, going out on tour, uh, which we're not really doing much of at the moment for obvious reasons. Right. So um, yeah, just a little bit of everything really. Um, instrument lessons as well. And that was, that's that's Dark dark Asus. Dark Asus, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, great. And then you also... Are you a web developer as well? Yep. I develop websites for um, an estate agency software that's kind of like a a business on the side with my business partner. Mm -hmm. Cool. So a bit of everything, really. So for for US um, listeners, that's uh, real estate. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, how do you find the time for everything? It's difficult, but a lot of it kind of feeds into one another. So... um, in my web development role now, I move more towards PR and marketing, which has a bit of a crossover with what I do for a lot of my artists that I manage. Mm-hmm. Um, again, web development, I use those skills for artists that come to us who need websites or they need things fixing. Um, but I find the best way of managing things is to just not have a day off. <laughs> <laughs> mm, okay, um, great. So, uh, so you 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 play in dark cases as a bass player and backing vocalists. Um, you're also in um, uh, a, a tribute band called Woman of War. Is that correct? Yeah. <laughs> and then you're managing a band called Fury. Uh, yes. So I manage both Fury and Dakesis and also Women of War. Okay. Um, yeah. It, I I seem to remember there being a, a California band that had a similar name. Um, I don't know if it's exactly Woman of War. Um, I, I do remember they had some legal issues with Man of War that was suing them for copyright infringement. Have you have you seen any issue with the band? Um, not yet, no. So the US um, 
version is woman o war and we are okay women o war so there's a slight difference there um we actually played a show um like a, a pre-warm-up party that had nothing to do with man o war but it was the day before they played um here in birmingham and mm. um some of the crew members came down to check us out and see what we were up to um but we haven't mm. had anything yet um regarding that so yeah it's it, it kind of floors me a little bit that kind of attitude because you know if you if you i guess it's the same as uh like uh when lucasfilm on star wars they would sue people for making reproductions of star wars but as soon as disney got hold of it disney kind of understands well if people make fan art it just pushes the brand more yeah, yeah. so i yeah I, someone in the men of war camp just doesn't really understand that i guess whatever um anyway so um so yeah let's talk about uh you know what what got you into music in the first place was there a, a band growing up that kind of you know really piqued your interest and how did that uh translate to learning an instrument um i listened to a lot of classical music when i was growing up um and a lot of sort of generic pop that was that my parents listened to um things like elton john celine Dion, you know, general mm. stuff like that. But um, I always wanted to learn the piano. So I started learning the piano when I was very young, um, probably about six or seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I just loved playing musical instruments. Every time that I was around instruments, I'd always be able to work stuff out by ear or felt a connection to it. And from there, I went on to learn the cello. Um, and it wasn't until I was maybe... 12 or 13 in uh, secondary school, or I guess that's high school for you guys, maybe. High school, yeah. Um, that I picked up the guitar, um, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. I got asked to join DeKeese as a bass player. I'd never played bass before in my life. Previously, um, I was more into composing my own music and, and playing guitar and stuff like that. So that's kind of how mm-hmm. I ended up in DeKeese as a bass player. Um, but in terms of things that kind of influenced me to pick up guitar, um, Children of Bodom, hearing them for the first time, uh, and Ingwie Malmsteen mm-hmm. uh, were huge catalysts in that because they kind of have this neoclassical edge to them. And I was like, gosh, yep. people are doing this on guitar. This is amazing. I, I want to learn how to do this. Um, mm. So I did. I went to my guitar teacher. I was like, I want to learn how to play this. And he just looked at me and he was like, you're a very strange girl, <laughs> but yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So there we go. Yeah. I mean, for, I one one person that comes up um, is Nita Strauss. Cause she's always saying, you know, Ingve was a definite huge influence for her. So um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely, uh, definitely a good thing to, uh, to use as your, as your, um, your bar, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, so you also, uh, organize, uh, a power metal, is it power metal quest fest? Yeah, that's correct. Is that something still current? Well, obviously not this year, but I mean, how long, how long has that festival been running? Um, so this year would have been our fourth year. Um, okay. the event hasn't actually been canceled yet. Um, because we're kind of on the fence about this with, with mm. where things are going to be. But, um, Yep, so fourth year this year, um, or should be. And yeah, I've I've been putting on events uh, and booking tours for such a long time. And we kind of really saw a gap in the market for 
that kind of genre of music. Um, mm. We kind of came up with the idea, me and uh, Gemma from Dekesis, at a festival in a camping chair over a, a glass of gin. Um, <laughs> about how cool it would be to, you know, put on a festival. Um, and then one day I just kind of woke up and I was like, let's let's do this. And we did. Right. Awesome. Um, so first question would be, what what are the uh, the headaches that you come across, um, at least starting the festival? I guess once you do it for a couple of years, those, some headaches go away. Um, but like what, I mean, what's involved in just setting up a festival? Oh, I actually think that the first year was probably the easiest year because I didn't have anything to compare it to. Um, to mm -hmm. me, it was kind of just like a normal gig. I wasn't really expecting anyone to turn up. It was on a Sunday. Um, I wasn't really sure of, of how people were going to react to it, but we sold out, um, within an hour of the doors being opening. So we weren't allowed to let wow. anyone else in and I was gobsmacked. I mean, I was behind the scenes at this point, um, in the backstage area running around like a, a headless chicken. Um, right. so by the time I came out and the room was full, I was like, gosh, people are here. Um, and since then. We've really tried to take on board some of the feedback that we receive from fans. And I think the biggest headaches really is trying to organize everything to work seamlessly, um, you know, supporting right. the artists who are there, but also making sure that fans are having a good time and listening to them whilst not compromising on safety and, you know, running over right. your budget and getting carried away with things. So, you know, being organized can be quite a challenge, especially in the run-up to it. Um, and there's just so much work involved. I, I work on QuestFest all year round and I'm already planning the next one before, you know, the current year's festival has even gone ahead. So Awesome. Um, so, so, I mean, er everything you're saying kind of lends itself really well to being an entrepreneur. I mean, how did you get that kind of mindset? Like, was there... You know, I, I know when I was in school and in college, it, it it didn't even appear on my vocabulary until much later. So how how did you kind of get this um, mindset of of you know I I guess just wanting to do a whole bunch of stuff and you know rather than just like oh I can't do it like where where does that drive come from? Do you think? I think, um, and this isn't really something that I. I really put out there uh, to the public, but um, <clears throat> growing up, uh, my mum was disabled. Um, she passed okay. away in 2017. Um, oh, sorry to hear that. But um, I think me and my brother, for a lot of our, our life and a lot of our upbringing, were kind of left to our own devices where we had to step up and take control of things and... You know, there are a lot of mm -hmm. issues in the system with uh, care work and um, trying to get support. And we just mm -hmm. kind of had to step up ourselves and take charge. And that has kind of followed me through life, really, where, you know, if I've thought about wanting to do something differently or I want to achieve something, it's kind of like, well, you've just got to do it. You can't just wait for these mm. opportunities to come along because they might never. So, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, has, has Dark Aces done any, uh, have you, have you toured Europe or further afield or has it just basically been inside of the UK? 
Um, so we went to Finland um, mm-hmm. a few years ago and we've been planning various European tours since then. Um, but uh, following our Finnish tour, we were actually taking some time to work on our latest release. And okay. this was the year that we had started putting um, some things in place to go and tour Europe. Uh, we've had... Well, we have a, a festival performance in France that has now been moved um, to next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything else that we were scheduled to book for this year um, has now kind of been put on the back burner with everything that's going on. And also with the added pressure of Brexit, um, yeah. we're not really sure where we're going to stand next year. So it's impossible to mm. to book anything. Yeah, it's an unfortunate situation. Um yeah, so um I mean ideally if 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 all things were you know what what would your plan be if you if if you could take those roadblocks of Brexit and COVID out like what what would your plan be? Um so our plans were to focus mainly on uh sort of France, Belgium, Germany uh to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh there were talks of possibly um going to Sweden. Um, and returning back to Finland just to start with um, and then kind of seeing where we go from there. It's it's kind of impossible for us to, to plan a world tour at this stage right. um, because we haven't been out to Europe in, in a lot of these places. So you kind of have to treat it how you would, you know, in, in your own sort of country or city where, you know, you, sure. you work on, on bits first before expanding. Um Mm-hmm. So that that was going to be the plan and will be the plan as soon as we know what's happening. <laughs> For sure. And how would you go about uh, choosing places to play? Do you base that on your uh, Spotify data or do you do you kind of connect with uh, local bands in, in your kind of niche um, and kind of piggyback off of their tours? Or how, how do you go about choosing where to play? Um, I would say that it is a bit of both, really. Um, we're huge believers in collaborating within the music industry. And actually one of the reasons that we set up our festival was to encourage bands from overseas to come into the UK and to kind of form allegiances with other bands so that people could help each other out. So we Mm. do a lot of tour swaps with people. Um, We try and get bands who are maybe new to the scene or looking to expand their fan base onto our tours um, and that's kind of what we would do when we were looking at going to Europe, mm. but also tying that in with our statistics um, for where we get the most reach through Spotify and, and Facebook. Um, and also looking at the data from our web store of where people have purchased stuff. So it kind of all feeds into one. Mm. Awesome. How how important is uh, physical media um, in your strategy right now? Is it still, you know, is it still a big part of the revenue or is is uh, is it moving more streaming? Um, I'd like to say that we've been quite lucky over the past few years because both the New Dawn, uh, which released at a time where CD sales and physical sales had just started declining, but also the release mm. of Fractures, um, we still have a lot of people that want to buy the physical product, um, especially if it's signed or they will buy it at shows so that they can have it signed. And I think a big part of that is that 
you know, people like a souvenir and they like to have these things as um, like a, a momentum or as part of a, a collector's item. So um, although we've seen an increase in, in streaming and digital downloads, we haven't really seen much difference with physical purchases, which is really good. Mm. Um, and and then, given that you're in that in in the power metal kind of er- genre, do you um have you seen um Liam Henry's um Savvy Musician Academy? Is that something we're familiar with or have done any work with? No, actually, but um, I will go and look into that. Yeah, she's. I mean, she's. Uh, she probably got the one of the biggest uh, promotional kind of f- promotional for musicians schools out there, but she's a power metal singer, uh, neoclassical. I think uh, uh, Eric Peterson from Testament was on one of her albums, but she's making you know six figures reportedly. I don't know if that's all music or or the the school, but um, yeah, definitely working work uh, worth checking out. She's from Canada. Oh, definitely. I think. Yeah. Um, Cool. Can you, um, I mean, if, if you wouldn't mind just uh, introducing the rest of the band and, you know, what, who's involved? Uh, yep. So we have Gemma Lawler. She is on vocals. Uh, she used to be our keyboard player um, and we had a, mm-hmm. a male front man, um, but she is a singer by trade, um, a fantastic singer. Um, so she has been on vocal duties since before we recorded The New Dawn. Um, We have Adam Harris on drums, uh, Matt Jones on guitar, and we also have a session keyboard player called Jacob Underwood. Um, And he does the shows that he can, but he also records a lot Mm -hmm. of the stuff um, that we we have on the albums and gets involved with some of the writing process too. Awesome. And how do you divide up um, the responsibilities? Um, for composition and writing, it is all, um, equal between all of us. Uh, we all contribute to the writing. Uh, we all come together and work on things. We all bring things to the table. Um, as for day-to-day responsibilities and everything outside of that, we all kind of have our own skill sets. So, um, Gemma runs a music school called Birmingham Rock School, um, so mm-hmm. she's very good with management, social media, stuff like that. So me and her tend to do a lot of the admin like that. Um, managing the website and the merch is generally my job because kind of that's that's where my skills lie. Um, Adam right. is a professional videographer and graphic designer. So he does a lot of our graphics and videos. And Matt is our um, engineer at the studio. So He's the one that kind of coordinates all of our recordings and he mixed the last album. So mm. we kind of all use our, our different skills to make it work. Awesome. And um, do, do you see yourself um, needing to outsource anytime soon? Like what what would be the um, kind of uh, the, the tipping point of needing to, to get outside help? I think, I don't know really because we kind of pride ourselves on being a truly independent band where we do everything in house. And if there's Mm. something that we can't do, we learn how to do it. It's kind of how we've worked over the past 10 years and how I guess we've survived being in the scene. 
Um, but you know, there are some things that we do outsource sometimes. Um, you know, we're not really in a position to be printing our own merchandise. So we like to choose services who we can work with closely, who are also independent businesses. Um, Mm -hmm. so I'm not really sure at what point we would consider outsourcing the things that we're doing now to other people. Cool. Yeah. Um, and, and so obviously the current situations made it really difficult for musicians, but what have you found, um, you know, first of all, how have you pivoted the business of the band to kind of, um, you know, keep momentum without, without being able to play shows? Um, and have there been any positive, um, you know, outcomes of that? I think we've all been working on our own things during this time. And it's kind of difficult because we've just released our, our latest album, um, so we should be pushing this and we should be going out and touring this. Um, and we have kind of laxed a little bit on the promotion because there's been a lot of stuff happening in the media that means that it's quite inappropriate for us to do that. And it's very important that, right. you know, we we look at what's going on. Um, but Matt has been doing a lot of guitar work on the side where he's been doing cover videos. Um, I've been mm-hmm. collaborating with other musicians. Um and, and kind of seeing what's out there. And collectively, we've kind of been taking some time to enjoy um, the fruits of our labor with Fractures, but also looking at where we're going to go um, for the next album already. Um, so it's kind of given us a bit of space to kind of evaluate everything's going up, everything that is going on, which we don't normally get because as soon as you release an album normally, you're straight out on tour and and you're playing and mm. you're, you're touring that album for sometimes two years before you kind of close that chapter off. So, Sure. All right. Let's dig into um, some of my non-quick-fire round questions. Um, what significant negative experience have you overcome and what did it teach you? Oh, is that specific to music or...? It's it's whatever you want to answer about. I think one of the biggest experiences that that I've encountered uh, negatively has been a female in the music industry, <laughs> which like, wow. sorry to, to bring that one up there. But um, yeah, I think it was, um, you know, sexism has kind of existed for such a long time now and I think it wasn't until I started working in the music industry that I truly understood to what extent that was. Um, Mm. Either being judged unfairly because I'm a female or people not coming to watch the band because they see that there are girls in the band um, or promoters and people working in the industry not taking you seriously or making sort of backhanded comments, um, inappropriate comments. Um, But the longer this has gone on, the more empowered I felt to stand mm. up to it and talk about it, which I think is is a massive learning curve and actually really important. Sure. So, yeah, there we go. Awesome. Thank you. Um, and then flipping it around, what major positive experience has given you the encouragement to follow this as a journey, whether that be business or music or both? I think definitely the community of 
both the music scene that I'm in, but also the people that I work with. Um, Dakesis are a family to me. We, mm. Prior to, um, to being locked down here in the UK, we would spend almost every single day together working with each other. We run a business together. We tour together and um, collectively we can get through anything. Um, awesome. Yeah. That's great. Um, what does music mean to you? I think everything. It's I live, hmm. work, breathe music on a daily basis and without it, um, I don't know what I'd do. <laughs> I don't know where I would be. Awesome. Um, yeah, so I, I did notice you'd written a... Uh, like uh, one of your posts about, um, you know, lockdown and, and um, I did want to touch on the fact that you were, you, you were a former mental health nurse, which you also mentioned to me. Um, so, you know, given that we're in such, you know, not only COVID, but the, uh, uh, the human rights, you know, movement that's going on, um, th- this podcast is definitely has, has a lot um, about mental health. So I was just wondering if you could touch on what, people can do um you know mentally to uh kind of stop themselves getting too overwhelmed and too um you know when, when we're all cooped up like what what can we do to 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 make that easier i guess um definitely i think having a structure in place um you know and i'm not talking about something incredibly regimented that you know you get up at mm seven o'clock every morning and you have to do this and you have to do three hours of cleaning but just having a loose plan of your week where maybe the monday to friday that you would have gone to work if you're not working or um, trying to keep some sort of normal structure where you do make the effort to to get up and plan things in the day um so that you're not just kind of wondering around wondering what to do with yourself um Trying to maintain um, some form of exercise is so, so helpful for maintaining an optimum mental health. Um, It releases so many endorphins that that help you with low mood and also your physical health too. And again, that's not to say that you should be working towards going out to run a marathon. It's something very small like maybe you want to do some gardening or you might want to do a bit of cleaning or you might decide that you're going to walk to the post office or the shop or round the block a few times a week just to keep yourself active. Um, eating well is also a huge factor in keeping your mind healthy. Um, when we tend to eat things that aren't quite so good for us, like fatty mm. carbohydrate based foods they can make us feel sluggish and tired and then that kind of feeds into this mindset that you don't want to do anything and it can really affect your mood Um, and also keeping in touch with with friends and family even if it's just via video call um, or a text message um, which I know can be hard if you're feeling low anyway but just trying Mm -hmm. to maintain some sort of community around you where you can reach out to people and talk about things that are going on is so important to help with feelings of isolation. For sure. Thank you. Um, and then uh, the other thing I wanted to touch on is um, given that we have the, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement going on right now, um, and you've already mentioned, you know, the sexism that's that's uh, prevalent in, I mean, not just the music industry, but in general, 
Um, what's your opinion about using your quote unquote celebrity to, um, you know, for social issues? I mean, we, oftentimes we, we hear people complain about like, you, you know, you two's a, a good target because they're huge. Um, but like, oh, you don't want to hear, you know, um, Bono, you know, giving this speech for about half an hour. You just want to hear the music, but what, like, what, what's your opinion on using that st- status to, to uh, combat social issues? And wh- where do you kind of draw the line, I guess? I think it's incredibly important. Um, I mean, I can't talk for um, other musicians, but certainly a lot of our music um, focuses on messages of coming together and fighting against, you know... Um, mm the infrastructure that is like causing harm and but shrouded in metaphor and for me I think that being in a position where you are influential to other people it's so important to deliver messages that promote equality um, and where you're showing people that you're standing for these movements for like human rights and equal rights and stuff like that and I've had some backlash recently about the support that I've shown on my personal social profiles for um, some of these movements. Um, but to be honest, um, if people are going to not follow me because of my stance um, or because they are sexist or they are racist, then I don't really want the kind of support from these people. Um, and I think by... right by having the power to talk about these things in a non-aggressive way, um, you actually have the power to educate people and that's where you kind of see real change. For sure. And I also think that, um, you know, one thing that did uh, I did notice is like Fox News is obviously a very right-wing news outlet over here. And, you know, with them sharing the, the Blackout Tuesday kind of uh, and support in, in the movement... I I have a feeling it was kind of following social trends and a little bit hollow, but I think um, regardless of that, the 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 fact that uh, an outlet like that, who's always been very right wing, by sharing that is kind of bowing to the pressure, and I think the movement is, you know, really, um, you know, gaining a lot of momentum because of that. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see how it plays out, but I think, you know, if even if if people don't believe it to 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 start with um the fact that it becomes a social movement and a like a social um um it, you know it it becomes kind of the the um the thing to do um i think that that's a very good psychological change because if everyone's expecting it and and just going on the bandwagon it kind of turns into oh well that's the way you do it and then you know the, it it's not going to get rid of everything but it's at least a, a, a good push in the right direction yeah so, definitely um so where if people want to reach out and listen to your music and find out about you know what you do uh where can they find you um so they can find dakesis online at dakesis.com um from there you can find all of our social media pages youtube etc um personally um you can find me on facebook as amy chatterley music or on instagram as amy underscore dekesis um i'm also online at amychatterleybase.com which i'm currently using the lockdown time to uh reinvigorate 
Um, <clears throat> so yeah, you, we're everywhere, <laughs> basically. Awesome. Uh, and then uh, the end at the end of the uh, the episode, I like to play a piece of music from the the uh, artist I'm I'm interviewing. So what what song can we play? Uh, probably the first single from our new album, Fractures, which is Surrender Your Fears. Awesome. Well, it's been a, a great talk. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time um, and, you know, much continued success and hopefully we keep in touch. Yeah, thank you very much. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you check out my new social media pages because I've set up a dedicated Music On Your Own Terms podcast Facebook page and Instagram page. The Facebook page link is still facebook.com forward slash music on your own terms. And going forward, Instagram will be posted on at music on your own terms. Make sure you stay up to date with the podcast, including finding out who I'll be interviewing next by signing up for the mailing list at music on your own terms.com. There you'll also find show notes for every episode, some pretty cool videos to check out from various guests and also links to their music and social media if you want to find out more. While you're there, don't forget to take a peek at the store and pick up something for your grandma. And finally, I'd really appreciate it if you leave a review on iTunes, because that really helps the podcast get in front of more people just like you who want to learn from the successes, strategies, and failures of artists and entrepreneurs that I talk to. I really feel that the information coming from those guests is exceedingly valuable for the musicians' community and anyone wanting to pick up tips from other people's experiences. And finally, if you're on LinkedIn, check out my LinkedIn page, which you can find at linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash music on your own terms. Keep pushing the needle and be excellent to each other. This is Darkesis with Surrender Your Fears.